Um, Courtney and I had been together for a little while. She and I started dating my sophomore year of college. We kind of came to that point in our relationship where it was time to meet each other's families. And I remember we kind of had a lot of these kind of conversations leading up to this moment, like the conversations of, hey, this is what my family's like. Like, um, this is how they are. And I remember it just being so helpful for me, like just kind of walking into this family that I've never been around before, just like knowing some things about them. So I remember her telling me about her dad, you know, he's going to put on a hard shell and he's not going to smile at you, but you need to know that he's got a great heart and he's going to love you. And, and my uncle, he just passed away a couple months ago so that when you're interacting with his boys, when you're interacting with my cousins, just kind of be sensitive to that. And I have three younger sisters. And when the four of us are together, things are crazy. Just so you know, we fight over shoes. And it was just helpful for me to, as I was stepping in their family, to just like know some things about them so that I could be a part of them, so that I can understand them. As a family here at Ethos, um, one of the things that we say every week, and we'll say this at the end of our time together today, we say our mission. And our mission is to love God, to love people, and to awaken a movement. And we don't just say this every week. The, the reason that we say this, the reason that we press into this, the reason that we are committed to doing this is because this is what we see in Jesus. So as you open the scripture, they're having a lot of fun back there. That sounds awesome. Like, at any time you want to go back there with the kids, just do that. Like, um, this is what we saw in Jesus as, as you open the scriptures and, and you see Jesus, that, that his life was, was marked by a lot of things. But there were three kind of relationships that, that marked Jesus' life that he was devoted to, to loving God, that, that all throughout scripture, you just see this desire in the heart of Jesus to connect with the Father on earth. So, so many times he would just go and get away and he would pray. And like his, marked was, his life was marked by this love for God. His life was marked for a love for people. That for three years, Jesus walked day in and day out with disciples that just didn't get it a lot of times. And he loved them. And his life was, was marked by, by doing something bigger than that, something that would last longer than, than his life on earth. His life was about awakening this beautiful movement. And I just want to let you know that, that everything we do as a family here at Ethos is to help us become like Jesus Christ. And if this is your first week here at Ethos, or if you've been with us for seven years, if you want to understand us as a family, like if you want to understand what we're like, if you want to understand the, the way that we do things and why we do things, you need to understand that, that we as a family are committed to becoming like Jesus Christ. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to just kind of stop as a church from our series, from our time in Mark. And it's so beneficial. We're going to pick that up in, in a few more weeks. But for the next three weeks, we're going to stop at our church. We're, and we're really going to dig into these three relationships that, that what it looks like for us to be people whose lives are marked by loving God by loving people and by what our lives are, are, are they look like when we're committed to, to, to awakening a movement, to doing something so much bigger, so much longer than just our time here on earth. And so this morning, as we begin our three-week journey, we're going to look at what it looks like for us to be people that really love God. I want to give us three questions to help us. If you're a note taker, this might be helpful. If not, Obviously, don't take notes if you're not a note taker. Um, but as we think about what it means to love God, I want to give us three kind of questions to help us understand. First question is this. I want to help us understand what is available to us. What is available to us? The second thing I want to help us understand, the question I want us to look at is why it's available to us. 
why it's available to us. And the third question is how we receive it. So what is available, why it's available, and how we receive it. And so this morning, we're looking at, at loving God. Um, people for thousands of years have been writing poems and songs and letters to people to express what is going on in here. From songs that we listened to, to the letter that we wrote that girl that we had a crush on in middle school, like we've been writing things to people to express what's going on in here for a long time. I think about the summer of 2006, Court, now my wife, um, she went to London for five weeks and f- every day that she was gone, she wrote me a letter. Like, and I go, this is what the people of, this is what we as humanity have been doing for a long time writing down words and giving them to people so that they know what is going on in here, how we feel about them. But it's not just for people. Like for thousands of years, we have been praying prayers, writing down words, writing songs to express to God what's going on in here. And so this morning, I want us to look at this one song that's hidden like a gem in the middle of the Bible, um, written from this one man towards God. Psalm chapter 23, I invite you to look with me, to read along with me. Listen to these words, read along with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in one. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you, God, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love, they will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you were to stop right now and write words to God, what would you say? What is your understanding of God? How do you perceive God to view you? I love what this guy says here in this song. Look at what he says about God. He says, God, you refresh me. God, you you guide my life. God, I'm not scared. I don't fear things because you, God, you're with me. God, you provide for me. God, you rejoice over me. God, you, you love me. Or one of my favorite lines, I think my, 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 my favorite line in this, this whole song that this guy writes is the very first one. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. You see, I think the reason I, I love this line so much is because the guy that's writing this is a shepherd himself. Now, we don't have a lot of shepherds just work in the fields in Nashville, right? Like, I don't know the last time I just saw a shepherd on the way into work. Here's what you need to know about shepherds. They had two jobs. They protected the sheep. 
and they led the sheep to, to food and water. A shepherd's job was so simple. If, if the job description for a shepherd, protect the sheep day in and day out, protect them from, from the, those things that would come against them and, and take them every day to, to food and water. And I love this, this guy who's writing this, you can just picture this, like this is a real human being. He lived a couple thousand years ago. He sat down on a Tuesday afternoon. He writes these words to God and I love this because when he thinks about the ways in which God has worked in his life, he thinks of God as a shepherd. Now here's what I love. This guy's name is David, the guy that wrote this and um, he's having this amazing conversation back in 1 Samuel chapter 17. He's having a conversation with this guy and he says, I have kept my father's sheep for my entire life. And listen to this in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it and I struck it and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair and I struck it and I killed it. Here's what's so powerful. When this guy, David, when he starts to look at his life, when he starts to try to put words to what's going on in here towards God, he says, God, you've, you've been my shepherd. God, when the enemy, when the very real devil has come after me and when he was having his way with me, when I was like a sheep being carried off in the mouth of a lion, when I was like in the hands of the enemy, when I thought that I had shipwrecked my life, when, when everyone else had given up on me, God, you're like shepherd. You've never given up on me, God. And time and time again, I've been like this innocent sheep and you have fought for me. And you have rescued me. He looks at his life and you just imagine him like sitting with his guitar going, God, and you refresh me. You guide me. You are with me, God. I'm not scared. If we were to write words to God, would it sound anything like this? Caleb and Ashley as you look back on your life, like, have you seen God come after you? Like when, when, when the enemy was just having his way with you, like when you're far from God, did he give up on you? Nana, has a steady heartbeat of your life been that when you're in the presence of God, he refreshes you? Nick, when you've been in the presence of God, are you most satisfied? Mark and Corinne, when, when you put yourself in the presence of God, are you really refreshed? David and Katie, have you been comforted by God in the midst of hard stuff in life? Josh, have you, have you seen God provide for you in the midst of hard stuff? You see, although Psalm chapter 23 is, is one man's words to God, it expresses in a profound way what life is like with God.
and this God and life with this God and experience of this God is available for all of us. Guys, life with God is so much more than just coming to church and singing a few songs. Life with God, a love for God, is meant to fill us so full, so deep, that these words, these feelings, this understanding of God becomes ours. Matt, we were made to know God like this. Psalm chapter 16 says, God, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. God is not meant to just be a part of our Sundays. I go, if, if God is creator and sustainer, and he is, you're going to drive home today. You're going to walk home today and you're going to see a world that is full of beauty and, so, and colors and sounds and just miraculous power of God. If our God is creator and sustainer and he is, if our God is good and generous and he is, if our God is powerful and if our God desires us and he does, then why would we only want that God to fill part of our lives? Why would we only want that God to fill part of our days? Part, to fill part of one of our days off from work. Life with this God is available for us. To know God like this man knew God is available for us. The second kind of question I want us to think about this morning is, is why is this available to us? Why is it that we can know God, not just know about him? Why is it that, that you and I can know God? Let me ask you, is it because we do good things? Caleb, is a reason that, that you can know God because you do good things? Is the reason that, that we can know God because we come to church on Sundays and that makes him happy? Or because we give some money in the boxes on the way out? Let me ask you, is our standing with God, is our spiritual health, is our salvation based on our own performance? No. No. The overwhelming answer that is found all throughout the Bible is the reason this is available for us, the reason that you and I can know God is because of his love for us. That the reason, Summer and Jesse, the reason that you guys can know God, Danielle, the reason that you can know God, Evan, the reason that you can be in right standing with God, Ben, the reason the favor of God can be on your life. The reason that we can be saved is the love that God has for us. And it's not just a feeling like a romantic comedy in the heart of God. We, we know the love of God because of the actions of God, the way that he has demonstrated it. And how has God demonstrated most clearly his love for us? How? What's his name? Jesus. Listen to these 
few verses in the Bible from John chapter three, verse 16. It says, for God so loved the world. He didn't tolerate the world, didn't hate the world, didn't put up with the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in Jesus will not perish, but will have eternal life. Or Colossians chapter two, verse 13, where it says, when, when you and I, when we were dead, when we were like a, a sheep being carried off in the mouth of a lion, when we were without hope and we were lifeless, God made us alive with Christ. In Christ, he has forgiven us of all our sins. Or Ephesians chapter two, verse seven, where it says that in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's great grace. Or I love 1 John chapter four, verse 10, where it says, this is love, not that we love God, but that he has loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I go, man, why is life with God possible? Why is this experience of this amazing God possible? Is it because we have all the answers? Is it because we have a good theology? Is it because we come to church? No, the reason is because God so loves you and me. And he wants us. And we know this because of Jesus. I realize that so many of us, we come into this place. I was sitting here, Adam and Callie were leading us in worship. And I was just crying as they were leading us in worship. You're a good, good father. And the reality is that a lot of us, if we're honest, we come in this place and we don't believe God's a good father. And we don't believe he loves us. And we don't believe that we belong. And I was sitting there just weeping, going, man, how can we be in the presence of God and not know that God loves us? A lot of us come here and we've heard the wrong story about God. That it's all about your performance. It's all about what you do. And that is not the right story about the, the God that's revealed in Scripture. A lot of us have been so hurt and so wounded by churches, by people who claim to wear the name of Christ. If we are ever going to be individuals, and if we are ever going to be a community, and I'm committed to this, I will die on this hill. If we are ever going to be a community that loves God, we must first understand that God first loved us. If we're ever going to be people that, that really love God, that we walk in a freedom and a joy to enjoy God, Kaylee, you have to first understand that God wanted you. Chad, you must first understand that God loved you. And we can't just like, believe this here. Like We can't just hear this. We have to receive it. It can't just be head knowledge that, that God loves us, that God wants us. Turn with me to John chapter 10. This is on page 748. We're going to look here real quick. 748 if you're using one of our Bibles. I love John 10. This is one of the most beautiful chapters in all the Bible. I'm not going to take us through every verse. I'm just going to highlight a a few things in here. I encourage you guys to go home and read this. And look at verse 11 with me. John chapter 10. 
This is Jesus, the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords speaking. He says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd. And he does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons them and runs away. And the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. But I, Jesus Christ, I am the good shepherd. And I know my sheep. Every question that we have about God is answered in the man, Jesus Christ. In the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Have you ever wondered how God feels about you? Have you ever wondered, Lillian, how God feels about you? Have you ever wondered how God feels about you? Look what he says, verse 14. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. And I lay down my life for the sheep. You know, the reality is that the reason that a lot of you have been hurt by church people is because they are hired hands. They didn't really care about you. You need to know that Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, laid down his life for you. That when the God thinks about you, his heart explodes because he loves you. I was reading this book a couple weeks ago about this guy named Brendan Manning. Brendan Manning's this guy who lived a while ago, he's a priest. And he was talking about growing up with his childhood best friend. And it's kind of like a childhood best friend that if you had a childhood best friend, you know how this works. You do everything together. You ride your bikes together. You hang out together. You go to school together. They went on double dates together. They enlisted in the army together. They were best friends. He said one night we were sitting in this Foxhole, we were in the middle of combat. We were sitting there talking. We were, and a live grenade gets thrown in the foxhole that we're sitting in. And he said, my best friend, he saw the live grenade and he went and he jumped on it. And he laid on it so that it wouldn't kill him. Took this grenade so that, so that Brennan would live. He's talking about a couple weeks later, he was visiting his best friend who just died, his, this guy's mom, and they were sitting there on the couch talking and he looks at her and he says, do you think he loved me? And his mom stood up and she said, Jesus Christ, he died for you. Like, Brandon, how in the world could you ever question if he really loved you? 
how else could he show you? Is there a greater way to show you how much he loves you than to die so that you could live? You can know that God loves you because of Jesus Christ. And you can know God because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. That he has forgiven every sin you've ever committed. You can have intimacy with God. You can know God like Psalm chapter 23 because Jesus Christ. What's on the table? An abundant life with God. Why is it available to us? Because God first loved us. And we know that through Jesus Christ. Third question I want us to think about is, but, but how do we receive this? How do we live into this? How do we take this amazing God and know him? Like, you ever wondered, like, how do you, how do you actually connect with this mysterious, invisible God? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Like, how do we experience him? John chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. You wanna know how you receive this amazing abundant life with God? How Jesus isn't just someone that we come and we talk about for a, a couple hours on Sunday, but how you start experiencing, you listen and you follow. You listen and you follow. Listening is so much more than just hearing. Listening is a desire. It's having an appetite for God to speak and for God to speak into our lives. Have you ever had lunch with someone or went to coffee with someone or had a beer with someone that, that is older than you? That you respect? Have you ever sat down with them just for the purpose of learning from them? Maybe it's someone who does your work but who's been doing it for a lot longer and does it a lot better than you. Think about before I got married, I would hang out with guys that had been married for 25 and 30 years and I would just sit down and I would just ask them questions and just soak in the knowledge. In those moments, what are we doing? When you're sitting across the table from someone that you desire to learn from, you're listening. You're writing things down. You're, 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 you're taking in the things that you're saying. And I go, man, what is the posture in our lives towards God? And what is the posture in our lives towards God when God speaks to us? Do we long for his words? For his presence? Do we long to experience God or do we run from him? Do we avoid him? Do we harden our hearts? A lot of us, cultural Christianity in the United States, a lot of us, we are okay with just knowing a few things about God. And we stop there. We're okay knowing a few scriptures or, or having some head knowledge about God. And I'm going, it's, it's like training for a race. 
You ever train for a, a marathon or a half marathon or a 5K? It's like training for a race and having the shoes on and the gear on and showing up to the starting line and the gun is fired and going, okay, that's good enough. So many of us show up to the starting line. We know a few things about God. And we stop there. The good life with God. The good life comes. Not when we just have head knowledge of God. When we really open our lives to know God. When there's a real desire in our lives to experience the living God. When there's a hunger, when there's an appetite deep in our hearts to hear from our maker. I love every day when I come home from work, going through the garage and the kids hear the garage door opening and I can just hear their little feet just like pitter pattering, like running to meet me at the door. And there's an eagerness in my kids for me to speak to them, for me to get down on the floor and to wrestle with them to be with them. Every day as I leave for work, Finley looks me in the eye. You can ask Court if you don't believe me. She says, Daddy, stay with me. Don't go to work today. Stay home today. I go, what happens when the posture of our lives are not just open to God? Like what, what happens when, when we come here as the people of God, as a family here at Ethos, Wanting God to speak into our lives. What happens when, when, when we don't relegate life with God to two hours on Sunday? What, is, what happens when, when we eagerly desire for God to speak into our lives? It changes us. This morning I was praying for us, for our time together. And I caught myself in the middle of my prayers going, God, would you be with us today? God, would you? And, and it was like he stopped me in the middle of the prayers going, Brandon, don't you know that I'm already there? Oh yeah. When there's a desire to, to know God, when there's a real hunger for God to speak, we are changed. I don't know what you believe about this, but, but God still speaks. Like when Jesus died and the Holy Spirit was given to the believers, it wasn't like God just decided to hit the mute button. And a lot of us have kind of grown up in this life and this way of thinking that, that God only spoke in scripture. And, and I'm telling you, if, if you don't know the voice of God, read the scriptures because it is. These are the documented words of God. You want to know what God sounds like? You want to know his voice? Read the scriptures. But it's not the only way that he speaks. He speaks through the Holy Spirit. He speaks through gentle whispers. He speaks through dreams and visions and people. And God speaks. The question for us is, will we listen? Is there a real hunger in our lives to hear from God? We listen to him. And we follow him. My sheep listen to my voice. And they follow me. We don't just listen to God. As a people of God, we, we follow him. 
Let's think about relationships that I have. Think about my wife. If I listen to Courtney, we have supper together at night. After we put the kids to bed, we sit down on the couch and talk. If I listen to her, but I never do what she asked me to do, if I never follow her, what happens? No good, right? Last week, week and a half ago was my birthday. Thank you. Thank you for your uh, words on Facebook and for texts. It means a lot to me. Um, last week was my birthday. She woke me up on Wednesday morning and she said, hey, today for your birthday, my mom's coming to pick up the kids and uh, I'm taking you to the beach for the weekend. Like, this really happened a week and a half ago. Amazing woman. What happens if I listen to her but didn't follow? What happens if I listen to her? Like, that I don't do what she asked me to do. My life keeps going like it always does. Sit at the computer, answer some emails, eat a turkey sandwich for lunch, have a cup of coffee, have a few meetings, really good day. Because I followed, I feel like one of the best weekends in our marriage like ever get away without kids, just she and I. What happens when we listen to God, but we don't follow him? You'll just have an ordinary Monday tomorrow. You'll sit at the office, you'll answer a few emails, you'll interact with people, you'll teach kids at school. Very good day. What happens when you follow him? There the adventure begins. The best part about following God is that it's communal, that we're with God, that in this life, as we follow Christ, God is always with us and he always goes before us. He leads us. Following is simply seeing him go, hearing him speak and going with him. I'll share this real quick. These are some of the ways that I'm hearing from God. The way that God is speaking into my life, inviting me to follow Jesus more clearly. So I've been sensing for the past couple of months that he's been inviting me and leading me to love and to lead and to serve my family just more intentionally. That I've been doing a pretty decent job, but, but that he's desiring there to be more in my marriage and, and more in my parenting and my kids and, and discipling them. I've been sensing that he's been inviting me, leading me to pray And to really believe in what I'm praying about, who I'm praying for. I've been sensing and hearing him inviting me, leading me to really live, knowing that who people need is Jesus. And to not be afraid of inviting them to know him. To be courageous. And I'll just tell you that I am such a work in progress. And I am not where I want to be yet. And you, you are a work in progress. And you have not arrived yet. But as long as we keep journeying with God, being a work in progress is a very good thing. Because he takes the lead in making us more like Christ. He keeps going before us in mission, 
opening up opportunities for us to talk of his grace and salvation with people that he has been working on and in for a long time. God goes before us in holiness and invites us to part ways with things so that we can enjoy life with God and community most fully. He goes before us in love and he asks us to trust him with our future, to trust him with our finances, to trust him in the storms, to trust him in what he is inviting us to become. What is available to us? An abundant and adventurous life with God. Why is it available to us? Because God so loves us. We know that through Jesus. How do we receive it? By listening and following Jesus Christ. This is where I want us to end this morning. Here in just a minute, we're gonna take communion. We're gonna stand up and sing a few more songs. And let me ask you, as you look at your life, where is God inviting you to let him fill your life? Where is God inviting you to let him fill your life? And so for some of you this morning, you come here and you don't believe in Jesus. You don't follow Jesus, but you want to. I just want to share with you that that belief is not something that you manufacture. Belief is something that God helps you with. And so if you're not a follower of Christ, but you want to know Christ, you want to believe in Christ. Let me give you just one prayer to pray this week. And as often as you think about God, as often as you think about wanting to believe, I invite you to pray this prayer. God, I want to believe. Help me in my unbelief. If you're not a follower of Christ, pray this prayer. It's not some magic wand that's just gonna, something magically happen. But I believe that, that the more you press into God, the more he helps us believe. Others of us here this morning, maybe you believe that God exists, but you don't believe that he loves you. I encourage you, invite you to pray as often as you think about God this week. Pray this prayer. God, would you open my heart to receive your love? Others of you this morning, you feel like you're having a hard time hearing from God. I invite you as often as you think about God this week to pray this prayer. Open my ears so I can hear you. And for others, maybe in this room, who love God and follow God, keep creating space in your life. Open the scriptures. Keep coming to God, asking him, are there things that you want me to know? Are there things that you're wanting me to do? And over and over again, it's been my experience that when I really come to God, wanting to know who I am in God, wanting to know what it is that he has for me, that God is so anxious to use people who want to be used. I love you guys. Let's pray.